Are you ready to run your short-term rental business like a super host? If so, look no further than Guesty for Hosts. Guesty for Hosts offers listing management for all three major OTAs, Airbnb, Booking.com, and Verbo. With Guesty for Hosts, you can create a branded direct booking website in minutes. I've been able to hit 61% direct bookings in my business and automate daily tasks such as communication with cleaners and communication with guests. Click the link in the show notes to get an additional $20 off your first month. Welcome to Live, Let, Thrive, a podcast about the Airbnb life, the share economy, and everything in between. Here are your hosts, Micah and Steve. Hello, hello, hello. And welcome back to another exciting episode of Live, Let, Thrive. What's up, Micah, man? I am good. Good to be in 2022. How you doing? Oh, good as well. 2022 is here, whether we like it or not. And this is episode 190 of your favorite Airbnb VRBO, Turo, Lyft, Hire Car, all that share economy stuff in the world, your favorite podcast. And we have a special guest, Micah. Who we got? Uh, she's a repeat guest, but you wouldn't know that because it didn't record last time. Her, <laughs> name, her name is Kira Castleberry. Who's Kira Castleberry? Kira is a short-term rental coach and super host, as well as a car rental host based out of Houston, Texas, H-Town. Her mission is to help new entrepreneurs start their Airbnb businesses the right way through rental arbitrage to help them reach financial freedom and get one step closer to generational wealth. Welcome, Kira. Hey, thank you. That was so nice. <laughs> Y'all wrote that? Uh, you did on an email oh. a long time ago. Oh, I'm like, wow, that was so, no, that was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but no, thank you so much. I love the podcast. I love being here. <laughs> yeah, we're glad to have you on again. Fourth time around. <laughs> no, <that's true. laughs> yeah. yeah, here's 2022. So uh, are you, you're still in the Airbnb and the Toro game. So mm-hmm. how, how are you liking uh Matter of fact, because you're in Houston, I want to ask this question. How are you liking the STR market in Houston right now? Uh, okay, well, I really, I still like it. It's just that it's never going to be the market I started in, you know, because I started in Virginia mm-hmm. and it was a military town. So we were doing numbers on the numbers we're doing now. But like, honestly, I would say we're still doing really well, though. Like we average about the same amount every month and we're still profiting really well. And also we um, like we make the rents and stuff. So it's still good. It's so we use our little strategies here and there and they work. Okay. So and you're even profiting during Houston's down season that everyone's been. Oh, pissed yeah. About. Okay. It is a down season, but it's not at the same time. Oh, go into that. Like, okay. What I realized is it just really depends on who you're targeting because a lot of people mm. I'm noticing when they furnish, they're so excited to furnish. So they go all out when they furnish. Right. And then mm. all of a sudden people don't want to stay because it's just too much going on. And then they spend so much furnishing and then they're not able to make that money back. But for us, we just, I think it starts with like your research and your furnishing. So we chose the right zip codes. And then also like we furnish very simply, but it's so attractive that people still want to, people who travel year round still want to stay there. It's not like too overly decorated. Hmm. Okay. So mm-hmm. you, you, you keeping your startup costs low. It sounds like. Yeah. That, and then just making sure I feel like, even, like the startup cost d- doesn't even matter if you choose the right zip code. Hmm. Yeah. It doesn't so, matter. So what kind of units do you have? How many do you got to? 
Um, we have nine. Yeah, we have nine one bed, one baths. And we also have a house that we're renovating right now. And I'm so excited about that. But they're all like dispersed throughout like popular areas in Houston. Mm. So, okay. So you're doing the one bed, one bath. Mm-hmm. Have those been easier to get? It sounds like those are easier to get booked because I have trouble with my two bed, two bath in Houston because the type of clientele don't want to stay in those. But like in Dallas, the two bed, two bath, they hit. They hit. Yeah. Like what is your clientele like on the one bed, one bath? Um, it varies. I would say mostly we get we get some repeat type of customers such as, uh, well, okay, let me say this. In our zip codes that we chose, we noticed that because they're a high, like they, the people in those zip codes make a lot of money, right? So for example, if there's a flood or if there's something going on or a fire, they're going to want to stay near their house. They're not going to want to travel, you know, to, you know, the city over. They want to stay by their friends and stuff like that. So we use those, we stay in those zip codes. So our, our clientele is more like, people who live in the zip code so they're okay with paying the rent because their insurance is already giving them the money to pay for their stays and then also we get business travelers people traveling to see family but again in those areas it's very it's like a lot of wealth so you have people's i don't want to say rich kids but <laughs> kids who who are doing well in life well they're not kids anymore but like adults coming to stay at your units to see their family they just, they just don't want to stay at their house Mm. Or the home. I, I noticed that a lot lately with um because we were growing up when we go visit family we're gonna sleep on some floor or some sofa yep. maybe a <laughs> yeah, love seat whatever gonna... <laughs> <laughs> now families are traveling and they don't want to stay with that family they want their own spot so <laughs> <laughs> I'm the same way. I will go pay for a hotel before I get someone's floor. You know, in, in the zip code thing, I think you really on to some with that because mm-hmm. even if you like, I, I, I'm I work with a lot of like travelers, Haven, and all them. Every time you look at Dallas and Houston, mm-hmm. they all want to like Houston, especially they want to be in that downtown Loop area, and like the the these people are paying like $5,000. I don't know why they want to be in that little area. That's the area they want to be in. And like in Dallas, they mm-hmm. want to pay 5,000 a month, but they want to be in like the little, uh, anything by Baylor hospital. I'm happy. That's really smart that you actually just went and researched, Hey, this zip code makes this much. And this is what happens. Are you using like air DNA to get that information? Thousand percent. Because the thing is off of what you said too, with the Dallas thing is so crazy because when we first started Airbnb in Norfolk, I did the exact same thing. I don't know how I came up with it. I know why. I was so scared about losing money and like Airbnb not working. So that's how I found AirDNA. And I was like, okay, oh, I get to see the zip codes. Let me go through every zip code and see how much I can make. But the thing is, each time I do it, I'm always surprised by the zip codes. Like this zip code, what? Even in Houston, like the zip codes that we're in, I you would you would never be able to tell me those were the highest earnings zip codes in Houston ever. Mm. I was shook. Yeah, see, I'm in the oversaturated zip code. I got it. Yeah, yeah. There, there, so there are, the thing is, that's another thing. No one's shooting for these zip codes, like the high earning zip codes. And those high earning zip codes are usually the ones with like single family homes and a couple of multifamilies here and there. You know, and I, I think that's my strategy for 2022 is more or less shifted out to those, shifted out of the, the apartments and just going either have the complex we own it ourselves or shift into the single families because that's where it seems to be in Houston. It is. It is. And I feel like that's not going to change. Now, the thing too is, I don't know if y'all talk to Noble, 
but Noble also has like the government contracts and yeah. you know and so I, I we haven't gotten into it but I really want to get into it because I know having like a single family home and like a bunch of units that's together in the same area near like you know big corporations you would you would be just fine yeah, I haven't hopped into the uh, the the, um, the government contracts either. Everybody's been talking about. It. I, I definitely that is on my to do list for twenty twenty two is get into that. Um, yeah, and then you know kept keep on going with the uh, single family homes for sure. So you you you're doing the Airbnb, the Toro. What are your twenty twenty two goals? What are you trying to get accomplished this year? So my biggest goal is to complete this house that we're doing. Uh, we're a little over budget right now, but um it's gonna be so worth it like the thing is we're over budget though because we want to make sure we're not going basic on this house that we're doing like we want to make sure it stands out but another thing we're doing is we're making sure that for every single thing we do like we're thinking about if we have to like if we wanted to sell the home in the future so we're thinking about ha- like fut- selling the home in the future plus putting it on airbnb if that makes sense mm-hmm. but that's my biggest goal is to finish that house it's a lot <laughs> So is that you said? And I believe is that a bird property? Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now with you, oh, that's a good question. So mm-hmm. you're saying right now you're over budget, and this is the power of bird. That's why I love it. So right now, with you being over budget, are you over budget on your rehab? Um. Uh. Yeah. What do you say? We're over budget on the rehab. We're over budget on the rehab. The thing is, um, I guess we we thought we were gonna it was gonna cost less to do this project, but it's costing a lot more than we thought. And it's, I think it's partly because just, yeah, everything is going up in price. Yeah. Well, also, yeah. So basically we weren't, we didn't know what we were doing when we first started the project. Not that we didn't know what we were doing, but we haven't done a project like this before, like a full gut. So we also hired a, um, a construction company to like complete it. So our contractor, they are kind of, they're charging us a lot. It's like, they're upcharging us, if that makes sense. You got so a like, general contractor. Yeah. You got yeah. a GC. Okay. Yeah. So, well, we so. Exactly. Because I mean, if you, you get a GC, you're going to pay more, but yeah. it's going to come out looking better. So even at the end of the deal, even if you're over budget, you possibly can flip the place and get all your money back and more. No, no literally. And then also like, um, well, my husband, he's kind of giving me the answers too, but we're not using builder grades material. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Oh, well, I know what I mean. So yeah, we're kind of going a little like we're making, we're going a step up. We don't want to be a basic Airbnb when we finish the project. That's what's up. So y'all planning on, so at the end, even with y'all being a little bit over budget and the market is going crazy right now, because my mentor talks about this, people are getting saved by the real estate guys. Right. Are you guys still looking, are you guys still going to be able to pull out all your money and is that appraisal still going to come back? It will, because we bought it at a really good price. We got lucky. Well, did we get lucky? Okay, yeah, we got lucky. So this property we found was actually in an estate sale. And yeah, so the neighborhood we're in is kind of like a family-owned neighborhood. It's really hard to get any kind of real estate in that neighborhood. And it's right by, actually, it's right by the top earnings zip code, which is our favorite zip code. And it's coming up. It's slowly developing. What zip code is that real quick? What zip code is that? Um, the one where, well, technically it's 77007 for like the high earnings of code. That's what I got. My, that's what mine is. Really? My Houston property is. Yeah, my townhouse. I was going to ask you. It's off uh-huh. 90 in Durham. Um, I don't know if you know where that is. 90 in Durham. Yeah. In Katy. I know where Durham is. Oh. Yeah. It's close to downtown. We can see downtown from the, from the yeah. patio. Wait, 90 comes through downtown? I have no idea. 
Yeah, I was just looking around the map. I don't know Houston too good, but I was oh, like, okay. <laughs> yeah, just is it tonight? Is it tonight? Right by a Cadillac bar. Uh, I don't know what else. <laughs> is it two ninety or ninety? It says ninety on here, which is um Katy Freeway or something like Katy Freeway. Okay, oh. I said, I said in Durham. Yeah. Now I have a question. So y'all in Katy? No, so we're on, yeah. Katy Freeway is just I ten the interstate. Facts. Okay. Yeah, that's just what they call it, but it goes through the entire city of Houston. Okay, and you're going now. Is that more in in the? Is that more inner city or a little bit outside of it? Inner, inner. super inner. You're like five minutes from downtown. Five to ten. Yeah. <laughs> we yeah. went high in there too so yeah, really yeah. Good. and y'all doing and y'all are doing uh and you doing a house out there huh. well we're doing a house at the zip code over is 77009 mm-hmm. but it's coming up it's considered north side but it's not at the same time if you keep driving though it's north side which is not what we want to touch but we're like we got the perfect spot <laughs> like, uh, okay. we, like we've seen our competitors we're good we're good. Blow them away, huh? Mike is like, let me write this. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm writing down. I'm oh, right. So, like, what's the, uh, on something like that, and that zip code, and you're saying, uh, what's, like, the ARV on, on those, on those property, on the property, like, you're rehabbing right now? What's, like, the after repair value on something like that? So, it's so crazy, because the houses in the area are selling for, like, low 400, some of them reaching 500. Yeah, and we bought it for, like, 239, and we're not, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the area it's, when I say it's coming up, I, if we're, if the real estate market continues just rising in three years, it can be worth like so much more if we want to cash out, but we're going to hold it because Airbnb makes more money in this scenario. X. Yeah. Now, and, and are you seeing like that over, because I know the apartment, some of the apartments are oversaturated. Are you seeing like that? Well, hold on. You haven't started yet. Do you have any homes out there that you're doing? Mm-mm. we okay. had a townhome and it was in 77007 it was a two bed one bath but um and we made a lot on that one I think in like 13 the first four 14 days we made like six thousand dollars oh geez yeah what's, See, the secret, was, what's your secret to getting that much on on that townhouse um well there's a couple of things so the first thing is well I think superhost definitely helped um but also um the furnishing because you you have to furnish for a specific crowd you can't it's like I know exactly who I want and I know exactly what they would like and I know that they won't be partying they're just there to sleep and they freaking love it in price labs price labs help it has helped it has helped us so much I love price labs I love it <laughs> <laughs> all right can I I'm a, my turn to ask some questions okay so so, yeah. so not only are you a successful host you're a successful coach and how did you become how did you get into coaching and, and what makes a good coach mm, what makes a good coach okay so let me answer how I got into it so to be honest um my husband so okay back it up a little bit I'm gonna make it quick when my husband went to the military I was like a freshman in college right so the, the agreement was that he would go to the military and then I would go to school so that when he got out the military, he could go to school and then I'd have a degree and I could work with my accounting degree. Right. So when he was nearing the end of his his contract, like I had already graduated and I was a year out almost. And I, I like I realized I didn't want to be an accountant anymore. Like I <laughs> did not like it. I tried it like two or three extra times. I just it wasn't clicking with me. So I was like, OK, well, I have to like figure this out but the thing is we had already done airbnb before 
you know, me realizing I didn't want to do accounting anymore. So after we did our first Airbnb at the same time, I was doing my accounting internship and I was making more money on this one unit than I was in my internship. And there's a joke in accounting that interns make more than the full-time employees because we get like overtime and stuff. So long story short, um, I was like, okay, well, I know that I know a lot of stuff about Airbnb and I want to help a lot of people. Like, I feel like I learned some stuff that it just like, came to me like no one taught me it's just stuff that I just knew and I was like let me just let me just teach some people so I got a coach to help me just package my knowledge and help me like organize my thoughts um and I knew nothing about social media and she like really just helped me grow the business to where it is today and what makes a successful coach is that the question what makes a yeah success- what makes a successful coach is there a successful coach our coach is successful our coach is successful. Yeah, because is it uh, money? Jimmy Johnson, um, coach. <laughs> just... <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> because the way I see it is like, it just depends on who your students are, you know, because I wouldn't want to, I don't know, I just, his, what makes a successful coach? I have to think about that. I'm going to throw something at you and then tell me if this is your personality. Okay. okay. Do you know how to pour into any type of, any type of personality. I try. <laughs> I try to I think that's what it is. Like to me, the greatest coach to me of all time has always been Phil Jackson, only because he can take anybody and make them fit into the system. Like he's the only dude that could calm down Dennis Rodman. Like he's the only right. dude. Like he, he, like his documentary. I was like, this dude's a damn genius. Like he, <laughs> like he wasn't like the coach to say, "Hey Dennis, don't go out kicking it." He'll, "Hey, go out and kick it." He'll just send like Tony Kukoc, Tristan, who's born. Hey, go watch Dennis tonight. You know, right. he knows how to pour into certain people. I think that's what makes a successful coach. And I, if that's your personality, you have nothing but success. That is true. That is true. You know, I guess I wouldn't consider myself a successful coach because I feel like I have so much more to learn. I'm so like, I compared to my friends, I'm in my like mid twenties and they're like late thirties. And so I feel like I just still have so much to learn. They teach me every day, but I wouldn't call myself successful unless, unless I was like on the front of a Forbes magazine, to be honest with you. Damn. That's how you measure success. Yeah. For me, that's a high bar right there. Yeah. But if I'm not there, I think I'm still just a person that's learning and helping other people, mentoring them. Wow. That's that's no, big time. Big goals. Now on the Turo side down there, how's that working out for you? It's good. So our car is still paying off our um, Tesla note. So we don't have to pay that. Mm. We don't have to touch it. Thank God. <laughs> At all. <laughs> <laughs> well, hold on let's go into that because that, that has me thinking so you, you have one car that you rent out on Turo so it can pay for itself and a, a luxury car that you want like a Tesla it's already paid off it's already hmm. paid off because of the, okay here's the thing right we had other cars on Turo but we realized Houston I know people be like oh there's no such thing as oversaturation Houston was oversaturated at one point we sold the cars for a profit thank god but for our car it was our car that we already had my husband got it while he was in the military and I think we paid it off before he got out. And so we got lucky and it was to the point where our little car, while we was like furnishing Airbnbs and doing stuff, the little car just wasn't cutting it. It was like a 2014 Kia and we needed a bigger car. So luckily the Tesla, it like it's huge, the Tesla Model Y, but also it's your business car. And I know people say that all the time, but I, we have legit made connections that we wouldn't have made otherwise because of the car we drive. It sucks 
it sucks, but I wouldn't be where I am if it wasn't for it. Really? How so? Dive into that a little. (laughs) Yeah. So for example, um, whenever we would go look at properties in Arkea, we noticed realtors treated us a little different Mm. but when they saw the tesla they wanted to talk to us a little more even the audi because we had an audi so whenever we had to do anything relating to business we tried to drive the cars because we noticed people treat us differently even when we're driving when i'm driving that kia people people are so mean to me they're so mean (laughs) people let you over like But long story short, like we've just made connections that we wouldn't have been able to make otherwise. Um, One guy at our parking garage, because we just moved to the middle of the city um, in our parking garage, he like, you know, we had a whole conversation with him just because of our car and he has some great connections and yeah, I don't know. It makes you look the part. Yeah, it does. And I'd be be dressing sweatpants and stuff, but you know, crazy. I'm gonna have to give me a Tesla and test that out. <laughs> no, know, I'm telling it, you, it is true. Yeah, yeah, people, I think Ty Lopez talks about it all the time. You know, if you carry yourself a certain way, have certain things, people do treat you different. It they treat you different. True, yeah. No, no, it's so sad. And it like makes me so mad because I know there are so many people who have so much knowledge and are so smart, but they're treated so poorly because of what they have. It just makes me so mad. But so, so is it a business expense, your Tesla? It is thousand percent a whole a whole write-off a car well technically <laughs> it doesn't reach the six thousand pound um limit yeah. or whatever but we still like write it off because we really only drive it for business we don't want to drive personal we're always at the properties <laughs> always right right so i can give me a rolex and say it's for business you can't marketing expense <laughs> talk to your cpa i didn't even talk to your cpa <laughs> i tell you my cpa is amazing i used to actually work for her I yeah, drop her name what's her name your tax coach at your tax coach on instagram your tax coach her name is barbara when i tell you she knows what the heck she's doing she went back to school to help businesses like small businesses well big businesses too with accounting and she actually used to work for i want to say she worked for big four accounting firms too so she has experience and she's uh, i've got goosebumps because she's so amazing wow Mm. so in this year with you have so you looks like you already have a bird property so you are buying are you picking up any more arbitrages this year Nope. Oh, you're calling it quits on arbitrages oh my gosh so So the thing is like it was great to get us to where we are because it was a start toro's income was able to kind of supplement our like basically we were able to show our landlords that we were making money from our four toro cars then from airbnb arbitrage we were able to show our hard money lender that we're making x amount of money per month and now it's all a tool so i was using other people's money aka other people's properties to get a property now we have a hard money loan and once we refi out look we're repeating this over and over and over again with the ownership model please repeat that I, everybody that's doing arbitrage that is how you do it she started with you- the end game in mind yep that is how you do it that's people get stuck in this cycle of arbitrage 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 you were arbitrage mm-hmm. arbitrage bye 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 that's, hey, yeah. that's the game yeah, but I mean, not to say arbitrage is bad because yeah. you know, I'm sure we'll always have a mix of like arbitrage and ownership and maybe co-hosting, but looking at it, man, can I be honest with y'all? We pay like thirteen dollars or $14,000 a month in rent and we're like, that could literally be our like equity. Mm, that is true. And guess what? 
is is mostly the same owner so he keeps buying properties and that's a good thing though hold on so you you you're mainly working with one owner and he's he's Maybe. basically buying properties hey Karen, hey you this. want this one yeah so they basically so our his property manager she's so amazing like she's like family to us now every time there's a new property even if they're renovating it hey do y'all want to come by and see it before we put it on the market sure thing so that's how we were able to scale up and that's how I tell my clients to scale up too. I tell them, start with a small apartment complex or, you know, a smaller property management company, because I don't know why, but it just happens. But once you have one or two, every time a new unit's coming up, they're just going to call you and be like, hey, there's a new one coming up. You want it? Before they put it in the market, because they don't have the time to put it on the market. That's more work for them. They'd rather have one tenant. Our, our property manager, she has told us that she'd rather have one good tenant with a bunch of units than nine different tenants. So that's a good end right there. You said, okay, repeat that. Start with a small property manager. Say it again. Yeah. So basically like working with small property managers and stuff like that, they just rather give you the units. If they see that you've been paying the the rents for three or four months and you want more arbitrage units, every time a unit's coming up on the market, they're just like, hey, you want it? Like here, do you want it? Like here, we'll send you the lease real quick. We don't verify income no more. We know you're making the money. (laughs) That's genius. That's genius. One time. And okay, here's and I've tried to get in with a couple of them, and here and here's one thing I'm running into because a lot of the a lot of the, these um you know property managers are older ladies you know no no big deal and and so first of all, a lot of them don't know what I'm really talking about at first and then they don't really relay the information well to their clients so how do you how do you how do you help those two uh, pain points? It depends on what their problems are. Like, what are they telling you? Like, are they telling you like? That they're just not interested or well some of them will say oh well, that sounds like a, a fun idea you know <laughs> they're like sounds like interesting let me yeah. let me run it past my client and then i don't know how they explain it to their client hey someone wants to rent your house and then rent it out to other people i bet i don't know how that relay the information that's the problem yeah. yeah they can barely understand it themselves and they oh I, I think i got it and then oh well, my client says no they don't want to do that they just want to rent a, a family i don't know whatever it is and i'm like how did you tell them? <laughs> you know? I, have, I have something for you. So okay, yes, yes. what we've noticed is actually, even for my clients, what we notice is that owners who, landlords and owners who are investors are more likely to say yes to your business model, because for some reason, the mom and pops, like landlords and stuff, like when it's like truly, if they have just like one property, they're going to probably tell you no versus someone who has multiple investment properties. They understand business. They understand if the numbers work, the numbers work. So we like, I don't know. I always try to make sure like, you know, if this is a property management company and you have a client, is this, does this client have multiple properties with you or is this like their only one? Right. right. That's oh, usually yeah. what they care because if not, let me be real. Investors, they only care about the numbers. No one gets into real estate and buys properties because they actually want to help people. No, they want it because <laughs> of the money. Let's be real. So they understand like it's really just money. Just pay your rent. Show me you make money and I'll give you the lease. That's it. One other thing. We're going to end up turning this into a mastermind. I know. <laughs> you should uh, don't let her, don't let the middleman close the deal. You should then oh, yeah. be like, hey, let me get on the phone. Hey, when's the time that we can all get on a phone call together or meet for lunch or something like that? So everybody's in the room. Because mm. yeah, they will misinterpret something real quick. And that <laughs> one thing that's misinterpreted, bro, <laughs> it yeah. can take a deal all the way down yeah. the drain. Actually, can I be honest with y'all? I told my clients as a joke, but I was also being serious. I was like, look, 
rent out a Tesla for like two, three days and go do a bunch of property tours versus and, and take three more days and use your regular car. I promise you, well, I'm gonna tell you what happened. Most of them got yeses or they got responses and wanted to talk more because of the Tesla they had or the nice car that they rented for a couple of days. Again, when you roll up in a certain car, people are going to see you differently. I don't know what it is. But they'll see you differently. They'll treat you differently. You don't can know I rent your, can I rent your, <laughs> you know, she wants to rent your property. She probably has the money. It's psychology. It's all psychology. Can I rent your Tesla for me? I sure can. <laughs> but just know, there's some rim rash. Like, <laughs> Noble. That's why I said, I'm, I'm not even going to give his thoughts out, but let Noble come on again. I don't know if he's come on already. Let him come on and just talk about government contracts. I don't know how much he's willing to talk about, but his strategy on getting units for arbitrage is insane. But I'm not going to give it. I'll let him give it, but. Yeah, yeah, I'll get him on and give it because he, yeah, he dropped some cold gems on that. Yep. Yeah, he you dropped some cold gems. All your questions. You know what? That's it. That's how I can get a unit with arbitrage? Okay, bet. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> we definitely got to get Noble back on. I think he was on like episode 102. So it was a oh, long time ago. A long time ago, yeah. Well, so you're done with arbitrages, and now you're going to do the Burr model, right? Yeah. And so, and so how did you, how did the getting a hard money lender thing go? How did that go? What was the you know what was the going rate for that? Um. So how do we get a hard money lender? We make connections with our realtor. So people be sleep on their realtors, and people treat realtors like trash. But we we love our realtor. She's amazing. That girl has so many connections. Um, I would say it's because she's Jewish, but also she just has a lot of connections. <laughs> but no, no, seriously, I don't know. In high school, I noticed my Jewish friends had so many connections. But no, she has so many connections. She actually, our harmony lender is actually her harmony lender. So she's a flipper too. Well, she flips mostly, mainly. And then also she even like gave us resources for our current project that we're doing. Like the guy doing our cabinets did hers. And um, she has helped us tremendously. I love her. I love her. Mm, now, quick question on, because to get before the hard money, how did you find the property? Um, oh, so Andre went on har.com, H-A-R. And he was kind of like every day just um, reloading the page and seeing what was popping up. So every day he just kept loading it, loading it, loading it. One day he saw this really unique property. So funny story, the one we bought actually wasn't listed yet. But it was an estate sale of five properties. So the one we saw, someone actually put in a bid right before we saw it. And I was like, dang it. And they ended up getting the bid and they're actually turning that into Airbnb. But then we put a contract on the duplex that they had as well as the current property we do have. The duplex fell through because the survey was wrong. It's from like 1938. It was like completely wrong. But the house we have now just happened to be one of the other houses they were selling in it. But were we lucky? No, I don't believe in luck anymore because had he not been looking every day, he wouldn't have known. Facts. But hard.com. Uh, that's the truth. I hear people talk about hard.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that just Texas real estate? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. I need to, I need to hop on there more often. I've looked at it a couple times when someone sends me a, a link of a house or something. But My mom's been using that house since I was a little girl. Like I remember actively using hard when I was little. So wow. on R, you're you're allowed to use. It's not like an auction site, is it? Mm-mm. It's just like it's just like Realtor.com or Zillow, but like on another level. Like it's just more accurate. It's more accurate to the MLS. Zillow be like behind and stuff. Definitely is. Yeah. Okay. 
Hard.com and they let and you use hard. Okay. In touch with the realtors because I feel like with Zillow, it's really weird getting in touch with realtors, but with hard, it's like so easy. You know who the realtor is. Um, if you are a if you are a realtor in Texas, you can see so much information on the house. I don't know if you can on Zillow too, but you can see down to who owns the property, who bought the property from who, the exact tax amounts, documents, like it's insane. And um, what were the terms to the hard money? Um, so the terms, well, right, yeah, right now we're just paying interest, but what are we, what is our interest rate? I think it's 10%. It's a little over 10%. 10%? Yeah, it's a little over 10%. Um, but it's so worth it. 10%. How, how long is your loan? 13 months? Uh, uh, so technically it's 30 years. So you can, oh, they'll let you stay like that for 30 years. Yeah. So he had like a lot of different options for us. Um, he's an amazing bros. I mean, lender, they, they are amazing. They're actually, he actually has a client who has a bunch of properties in Galveston that are only Airbnb and he gives them money like crazy. And he's, he's amazing too. Whoa, um, whoa, whoa, whoa. What's the, is he taking oh, all yeah. the clients? <laughs> huh? He's doing oh, a 30 yeah. year interest only loan with you. Well, te- okay. So technically he knows that we're going to re- like find it. Like he, we're going to okay. refi out of it though in six months, within six months. Oh, he knows you're going to refi, but he's just giving yeah, you yeah. that rate. And like he, mm-hmm. oh, that, see, that's a, that's a connection. That's mm-hmm. a plug. That's a connect. Right? Exactly. That's exactly. a plug. That's my point. It's all about who, you know, make connections. Don't be scared to make calls. I have a property I'm about to start the rehab on this week and I might be giving him a call. I you, no, you should, especially if you have the experience um, and you have the numbers. He'll, he's, he's amazing. Great. Yeah, great we have to, we, we got it. Yeah, we got it. Oh, you can drop his information on here. We can do it after the show. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Okay, okay. okay. I sure. I'm going to text you his info. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but. So how many, um, so you bought it for, what was the price? 239. 239. How much do you think you're going to put into it? Um, we just calculated this this morning. So we have like 90K left to put into it. Like How much did you put into it so far? 53. So far we've put in wait, 5,000, We put about, well, we just actually paid our contractor before this call. So we put about 47K into it. And you still got 90 more to put into it. Mm-hmm. Well, technically, we have 140 left to put into it, but we're, it's like from scratch. The house is really old. It's old. It's a complete gut. Okay. So you're gonna put around 400. I mean, I'm sorry. It's gonna be all in at 400, right, mm-hmm. right around there. And then, how much will it be worth after you're done with it? Uh, well, according to this neighborhood and the things we're doing to the house, like for example, like beams. No one else has like open ceilings and beams and stuff. It should be like a whole 440 okay not yeah. bad but okay. we're okay with not walking out with well we will have equity but it won't be like exact and we are we're okay with that because we know what the airbnb model will be able to like like it just the yeah it just makes sense i don't know how to explain it yeah you, what, it won't what work as a flip, but it works as a short-term rental yeah so basically what you're doing is you're you're putting money into it if it appraises at 440 you can recoup it through the airbnb money so yeah, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. what I did with one of mine, you know, just recoup it. Makes sense. It makes yeah. sense. So it'd be sense. just a regular refi then to get out of the hard money. Mm-hmm. And hope it should be our house because that house is nice, but we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> you have two houses? No, 
No, currently we live in an apartment, but um, we probably won't be buying until like next year. We're so tired of apartments though. Mm. Yeah. Have you thought about just getting like a luxury apartment and letting that, letting all your rentals pay for that? So technically our rentals do pay for our current apartment. It's technically considered like mid luxury. It's not all the way luxury, but um, I still love it though. Like it's perfect. It's like within, it's like within five to 10 minutes of every property we have, including the one we're renovating. It's like near all the good restaurants. It's in the same parking lot as our office. So it's amazing. Yeah, see, that's cool, man. You know, yeah. you ain't got to spend money on gas. Everything's right there. You're good. And the Tesla, they have a charging station here. So it's free. We don't have to pay for charging. So that's free. Nice. That saves you a lot. Mm-hmm. But that Tesla uh, charger in your new rental. <laughs> I, I I thought about it too. Only thing is, we're doing a carport because the neighborhood, no one has garages. It's not popular. Oh, yeah. yeah. I have... So I have multiple houses and the one with the carport is the only one I'll have the Tesla charger in. Yeah. And then what happened was I'm in a smaller market. I put Tesla chargers at all the other properties and okay. then those properties took off. And then my one without a Tesla charger, it's been like super uh, slow and lagging behind. I was like, ah, dang, but yeah. <laughs> literally, <laughs> no. Yeah. yeah. I would say if we probably had a garage, we probably would, but yeah. If you have a garage, I always do it. What, yeah. what were you saying, Steve? Oh, I was just asking, get back to coaching a little bit. So what do you, I mean, you coach other people. What do you think? And the, and you said help them, you know, grow their business, stuff like that. And um, what do you think the biggest, um, what's it called? Uh, mistakes someone can make while they're trying to scale. Mm. Mm. Okay. The biggest mistake people make is they do it without telling their landlords. That's like the biggest one because then they end up with an eviction on their record, then they can't get apartments. Oh, that's yeah, that's a big one. Yeah, that's probably the biggest one. Also, mistakes when scaling, people don't make sure that their systems are in place before moving on. So like if you're not getting, if you have one or two units and you're noticing five and four star ratings and you're doing something wrong, you should be getting all five stars when you're first starting because you have all the time to focus on that one unit and it's not hard. So they need to focus on that because without five star ratings, you won't get booked. If you don't get booked, you don't make money. If you don't make money, you can't pay your bills, you can't pay your bills, you get evicted, you know, that whole thing. But, um, but yeah, so that's another mistake. Another mistake people make is they don't have a plan. So it sounds so cliche, but like, imagine going out to sea and like being a pilot or like a, what do you, wait, a captain, being a captain and just going out to sea and not having a final destination versus having a final destination. If you don't have a final destination, you'll die in, at, at sea, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Got to get to that party cove. You have to have, yeah, you have to have a plan. <laughs> party cove. You have to have, a plan. You, have to have, you have to map it out. You have to know your coordinates. You know, you have to have a plan. Mm. Have a go on my page. Go look at all my formulas. <laughs> oh, you got formulas. Look, look at me, yeah. Yeah, go over one of one of your. Is it is it hard to describe just in, in thin air? Uh, or? No, not not really. I would say the most popular one that has helped people stay booked is like the draped formula. So it basically stands for like description and title, ratings and reviews, amenities, profile and photos. Did I miss one? Oh, experiences you provide and expenses. I just added that. And then dynamic pricing. Once you have all those things good, which is what we're always focusing on, you'll be fine. You'll be booked easily. Draped, draped. Mm-hmm. And that's on your Facebook page. My Instagram. Mm-hmm. Oh, Instagram. And what was your Instagram mm-hmm. at? Coach for the host. 
coach. Four F or F O F O R F O R T H E H O S T. I'm gonna look at the formulas. Uh, yeah, Drake. Sounds... I like that one. <laughs> I like that one. Someone stole it, so it's being trademarked right now. Oh, oh <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Trademark your stuff, especially on Instagram. Yeah. People will. Yeah, yeah, she stole it. She's selling it. Her clients coming to me, complaining to me. I'm like, I ain't told her to sell that. So, what's the first D on there? Um, the description and title. Description so, because if you don't put a good description and title, then you just got raped. Well, here's the thing. Oh. <laughs> 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 well, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's, okay. it's okay. It's okay. But no, honestly, it's not even just not having a description and title. It's knowing how Airbnb's SEO works. So mm. each one, there's a deeper, like it, it's deep, but that's like just one of the things that I just figured out, like how to stay at the top of the pages, how to, how to make sure people view it. Like I just figured it out. So just knowing their mm. SEO and how it works and putting locations that are near you, like gas station, not gas stations, like grocery stores and fun stuff near nearby and putting that in your description and specific words that are going, like some people will, will, if they're running out of characters for downtown, for example, they'll put DWN, TWN just to fit it. But who's, who spells downtown like that? Nobody figure out a way to spell the whole word, like stuff like that. That's important. Cause Airbnb, yeah, they use Google, Google ads and stuff like that. And Facebook ads to market. So how you have to think about what, what does Google ads and Facebook ads require? And that's how you build your listing. Thanks. They're doing the marketing for you. You just got to, you just, well, you have to do the marketing too, you know, by creating the listing, but they're literally, you're paying 3% per booking for them to do the marketing. So why not, you know, Google what makes people click, you know, all that kind of stuff. Mm. So I like that. Mm-hmm. Do like you, that. do you do any um, direct bookings at all? Mm. Just Airbnb? I love Airbnb. I know people hate it, but I honestly love it. I feel like as long as there are, there are flaws, but as long as you stay within their guidelines, you won't have any problems. The fees are a lot, but honestly, for the 3% I'm paying per booking, it's worth it for me, for Mm -hmm. my lifestyle. I don't have the time to market it myself. Right. I don't have a team either for that. I have a team, but they do other stuff. Mm-hmm. That is true. To really create a direct booking engine where they come into you, it it does cost money. It yeah. costs money. I, I've mm-hmm. talked to someone who was at like sixty to eighty percent. Mm-hmm. They dropped bread on that. I was like, Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. I mean, I'm sure it's great, but at the same time, if you think about it too, you're paying the marketing expenses, letting someone else market it. I'm okay with because the thing is, you're not just getting marketing with Airbnb. You're getting their support, which isn't always that great but you're also getting just a lot of other things like i don't know it works for us eventually mm-hmm. i'm gonna merge off i want to but for now it's it's perfect at the moment so how do you deal with karens we don't get them oh really at all you don't ever get it why? <laughs> why? let me tell you why my systems okay we have okay basically a you have to have at least like you have to have like all five-star reviews when you book with us if you if you have no reviews you can't even book with us b you have to be you have to have been um because airbnb they have all this on the back end you have to have been recommended by another host c you have to just like um there's like some other requirements like they have to have their profile photo and i like their profile photo on 
file file with Airbnb and like their ID and a lot of other stuff. And so a lot of times the Karens, they they want to bug you. Our people are the people who book our properties. They just book and we never hear from them again. They're super cool. They always give us good five-star reviews. We make sure that they're, you know, taken care of. We make sure they get everything they need. Um, we did have one Karen, but it's kind of my fault that we had her um, because she was trying to cancel her booking. And I guess, well, my message didn't send, so it failed to send, but that was on me because we were leaving a unit and I think my Wi-Fi was connected to the unit. And so when we're leaving, the it like disconnected. So when she was trying to cancel, it didn't work. So she ended up coming to the property instead. And she kind of took it out on review and gave us four stars, which is not bad. I'm not used to the four stars. I'm used to only five. But um, had I like just checked to see if that message sent, she wouldn't have any Karen, but we don't have that problem. Oh, you had touched on a few good things. You said they have to have five-star reviews. Now, do you tell them that in your description? Mm-mm. Airbnb, whenever they try to book, it says, okay, this host requires this, 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 and that. And it's like a system. Airbnb does that for me. I don't even have to. Mm. Now, okay. Now, now, let's say someone tries to request your place and they have like a four and a half or something. Mm-hmm. Do you decline them? It depends. I have to go through and see why. But... What we've noticed is those people who have lower star reviews, they're always trying to redeem themselves. So they'd be the best guests. Because what will happen Mm. is um, when they try to book, we say, hey, yeah, you know, we're so excited you're interested in our home and we would love to host you. But we do notice that you do have, you know, a four star review. Um, Can you talk about a little bit what happened? And they're like, oh, this, this and this that happened. I'm like, okay. Cool. Well, just letting you know, because that happened, you know, we, we don't do parties here. We don't do smoking. Please know that I'd be like, there's HOAs on premises and our neighbors be watching. And usually they're on their A game. Oh, I like that. So you actually talk to them if they have a bad review and then kind of like oh, yeah. put the bug in their ear. Yeah. Like, oh, look, don't okay. try it with me. This is like, don't try it with me because <laughs> you, remo- you will get removed easily. <laughs> I will get to this with me. <laughs> yeah. Michael, you like hang you like hanging one stars on people that piss you off. Oh, I will hang a run star real quick. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, real. Like it, you, you, honestly, people. That's another thing. Some people don't be honest with the reviews, and that be my thing. I'd be like, bro, just keep it a buck. I mean, you will be scared, but yeah, you do have to sometimes be honest with it. But yeah, I will hang one. But the reason I asked that the, the Karen thing, I notice I get more Karens at my apartment complexes and not my homes. But I offer higher amenities at the homes that Karen's usually probably ain't going to pay for, or they're not, they're not the clientele for that type of property, but the ones that I do have the type of property that they would attract, I definitely need to, uh, tighten up the system on that yeah i'll say yeah we don't like my clients they'll tell me they're dealing with this problem and that problem and i'm like we don't deal with that but it's because we just have we've been doing this for three years so mm-hmm. we just know what we want and what we don't so it's so easy for us to just we we have truly marketed to the person we want to stay at our property the person who's staying on our property they're laid back they're super cool you know most likely they're millennial and they're super cool or there's someone's grandparents who's coming to see their grandchildren over the weekend like that's our two audiences right there and we know Ooh. exactly what they want that's a good one see because mm-hmm. some of my properties are millennials then some of them i purposely cater to be older people mm-hmm. like what it sounds like you don't like that in-between crowd. You either like millennial or yep. you need to be old. What have you been noticing about that in-between crowd that you don't like? 
That's like Steve's age. Oh, my. oh. oh I'm a boomer. Let me tell you, the boomers are hard. I'm not going to lie. They're hard. They're hard. But the millennials and the Gen X and Gen Z, for the most part, they're our coolest guests. Like, they're super laid back. Um, the older people, they're always so sweet. Oh, my gosh. They are so sweet. We'll have conversations with them. And, yeah, I just, that in-between crowd, we don't really get. And we don't really, yeah. Yeah, notice that in between crowd, man. They always got a bunch of questions, man. They always, like, yep. Oh, so, what's going on? Let me tell you something else. This is how we warn those or ward those people off. Whenever they're asking so many questions, we'll be super vague so that they don't book. Because for us, what we've noticed, no offense to the people who ask a lot of questions. If you ask me more than one or two questions before your stay or before you book, you're going to be a hard guest automatically. Mm. So we we be like, oh, unfortunately, we don't have that. I've noticed using the word "unfortunately," people never book anywhere in your message. They won't that's a, book. That's a gem right there. I don't know what it is, but when they see that, that unfortunately, you know, we just can't do that. They don't book. They go somewhere else. That's the that's the harshest word there is because I mean, like you go to a restaurant. Unfortunately, that we can't. It's gonna be you know, place. Some bad news is coming. Yeah, unfortunately. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. Yeah, Yeah. they can really don't want to book little things that I just I really do feel like you know I am a little spiritual. I'm like just God just helped me like just kind of he's kind of just downloaded information into my head that I just. I don't know. I just I know mm. how to respond. I know how to make sure they're good. I stay away from Karen's. I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's an interesting one because I, I've even heard people who um like I, I don't know on the Facebook group they like one dude he said if they don't have a five star review if they don't have five star he he allows them to stay but he charges them like a two hundred dollar deposit. I was like, how do you do that? You know, like people have all these crazy. That? You know, I, I don't know. He's, I think he he sends it through the resolution center. Like, hey, uh, you have you don't have five star reviews. You have to pay two hundred to stay here, and then after you check out, we'll refund it. Interesting. I'd never heard of that. I was like, Mm-mm. are you even allowed to do that? But hey, I don't know. You know, Mm-mm. we strict. <laughs> we strict over here. If you don't got five star reviews, I might accept you. I might not. Oh, and we also, I should have mentioned that too. I think one of the biggest things, oh, they're all big, but one of the biggest things too is we make sure we know why they're coming into town before they even book. Mm-hmm. That helps. Yeah. Like we really only begin like young couples or old couples. That's it. It's amazing. Uh, that's why I like the business. Once you learn how to market correctly to the people you want to market to, you'll be just fine. It's a breeze. It's a breeze for us. Honestly. So ha- how have y'all solved the cleaning conundrum? Well, <laughs> is it luck? My mom is our cleaner. Oh, there you go. Mm, yeah. There you but go. We do have to clean though. Like we still, like we had to clean today because she has a job that she works at on Wednesdays, but um, she actually cleans for my clients too. And she, no, nobody clean like a mama. That's always told people. Like, mm, mama's right. clean and she really does care about our properties. Like my mom, for one of my clients, I think her sink was falling off. And my mom's like, yeah, like, what should I do? Like, just tell her to tell her property manager. Um, and yeah, this the next day, I think the like the, the sink ended up flooding the place. But my mom truly does care about the reviews and the properties because she wants to make sure that the guests aren't judging her, her cleaning. So she's amazing. Now, being that it's just her, what happens when, I mean, you have nine units. What happens if there's three or four or five checkouts the same day? Do y'all block yeah. the calendar for her or what do y'all, she, she, she handles all of them. 
Yeah, so she'll solicit the help from my little sister and my older cousin, and they all just tackle them. My mom, they really, as long, okay, but you have to have the linens ready. So we make sure to have the linens ready and they knock the units out with like within like an hour to an hour and a half, sometimes less. Because our, again, our guests are good. They clean the places clean. We don't do it. Like we have the best guests. They always try to clean before they leave. We have a great checkout checklist that helps my mom. Like, and it's mandatory to our guests, but it's not hard. We have the best guests, y'all. I don't think y'all get it. Like, <laughs> like for real. <laughs> we only let five star people in. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. One thing you just said, and because I, I was interviewing, because I, I was, me and my partner, we were considering starting a cleaning company because, like Steve said, you have the cleaning conundrum. So <laughs> I, I actually, I just interviewed my cleaner down in Houston, and I just straight up asked her, like, "Hey, how did you start this?" And she said the exact same thing as you. She started off as a family business and then expanded it that way. So then, if it's a family, everybody cares about the property. That's actually a really important thing, right there. So I was like, "Dang, I need to." figure out how I can implement that here no, in Dallas. For real, people, I think people sleep on their families because online you always people hear you always hear people say don't mix family and business, but you have to know when to mix it and when it's okay. I feel like for us you just have to set boundaries. So for example, you know, my mom knows that and if she's listening, she know this, but my mom knows that payday is only Friday. Like we cannot pay you early and for any reason at all. Like it's Friday, please don't ask early. Same for my like my actual like you know, VAs and stuff like that. Payday is Friday. That's a boundary, first off. Another boundary is if you feel like a clean is, is was extra or a little harder, let us know up front. Don't, you know, don't get mad about it because a lot of people, they'll get mad like, oh, that these people cleans are hard. Um, but just be upfront mm-hmm. about it. You know, maybe once a month we'll have like an extra little clean, but it's not too bad. Um, or like we, we just set boundaries. See, there's one thing I'm working on this year is on my goal list. I got to be a better communicator. And communicating stuff like that with like your teams and things like that that's huge like knowing what I've their frustration and pain points are oh my gosh i've learned a lot like even we have an intern right now and she's kind of our co-host she does like a lot for us for the airbnbs and i would say her and having a personal assistant has taught me a lot about delegating and you know communication and how to be upfront with people about stuff it has taught me a lot yeah I, I'm, I'm definitely hopping into my uh, communication books this year yeah. starting off yeah. right starting <laughs> off with never split the difference so definitely yeah, yeah. That's a good one. Mm. it is okay I, I a lot of people told me like yeah read that one for that's a good one on it's communication. like a thrill like it's just it's action it's like adventurous <laughs> <laughs> mm, okay but give us some kiera airbnb hacks mm-hmm. you know per, mm. you know touches that you do at your place something you do different than other people yeah let me tell you something when i first started airbnb three years ago i used to write notes for everyone because i wanted them to know like i really care about you like handwritten notes and put it in my little welcome basket with like the snacks and stuff because in the welcome basket i would have like water or i still do water razors um chips fruit bars and snacks it's not expensive right and then when i moved to houston we scaled up kind of fairly quickly and like, I think we got like nine units in a couple of months and I stopped, I stopped. I, we kept on with the snacks, but I stopped with the notes. I noticed our reviews went down. So now I was scared about outsourcing to my, my, my intern to do the notes. Cause I don't have the time to, and she doesn't write like me, but I'm like, these people don't know how I write. So she does all of our notes and we make sure that every single person has a note. And I promise you, it literally yields those five stars. People love the note. They mm. always talk about it. The snack basket is nice too, 
Um, at the bottom of the note, we say, P.S., enjoy your complimentary snacks. And I think that, you know, we put a little smiley face and they love that. They love it. They love it. They love the note. To be honest with you, or like, okay, an example, we, okay, I would say we had like two guests who were kind of annoying before they came. Um, and usually it's international guests, I noticed that. But um, <laughs> yeah, so they were being a little hard before they came. And we thought they were, they were gonna get the worst review. No, they were like, you know, you know, we really like the note. We really appreciated that. We've never gotten that five stars from both. I'm gonna tell y'all now, you touched on something. Smiley faces on pieces of paper always make sales. I don't know what it is. Really? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to drop it huh. to you. My partner, we're in the same mentorship program. Is he, that what it is? He basically, he started, he basically he was trying to get wholesale deals, right? Mm -hmm. And instead of telling like the, the sellers what he was doing, yeah. he just wrote their name on a piece of paper and put a smiley face on it. He made $100,000 in three months. Interesting. Just by simply saying, if you say someone's name on a piece of paper and write a smiley face, it never fails. People and that's what we do because we yeah. say, dear, this person. Yeah. P.S. Enjoy your complimentary snacks. Person. Shout out to my guy, JR. He, when he put me on that, I was like, what? It was a game changer for him. A smiley face. A that's simple smiley face. So on the card, I can put dear so-and-so. Um, don't break, thing. don't, yeah, don't break, don't break shit. Uh, smiley face. <laughs> yeah, no, the crazy part is that's probably, they'll probably be like, he's really cool. <laughs> like, yeah, because that's, that's comedic. They probably that's, laugh yeah, at that. It's comedic, real. exactly. And take it easy on the bed frame, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, writing that kind of stuff, people <laughs> love that. Because <laughs> sometimes it. I think we forget we're in business and forget the other person. They're a human too. They're human. what it is. They're human. I love our guests. They're so amazing. There's so many just little things I feel like God just taught me or just told me to do, and I've been doing it. I love it. You know, you're like the total opposite of all the Air, uh, Facebook Airbnb forums out there, right? Because everybody, I hate these guests. I hate Airbnb. This me, I mean, <laughs> you love, I love everything about it. I love yeah. everything about it. <laughs> everything. Everything. And, and you know what I noticed too? When you get to that point where the guest is getting annoying and all that, it's sometimes good to take a step back. And that's why I love how you said you have assistants, you have people you can delegate to, because you got to take a step back sometimes. You, you got to take a step back. I wouldn't be able to be doing everything I'm doing if I had to run the Airbnb business, honestly. Because we still, can I be honest, we still do our laundry for our Airbnbs, but we're okay with that. Mm, you found a part of the business that doesn't bother you. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, it's a lot because our we joke that our washing dryer is always going, <laughs> but um, in our apartment complex, it's a, a split bill, so oh, so nice. yeah, <laughs> we don't pay a lot in, in water. It's the same every month. It's like thirty dollars, but <laughs> can't beat that. <laughs> or a dude's by himself in an apartment. He's like, "How come my damn water bill is so high?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but honestly, I would say that's like my top secret. It's like that welcome note. And then just making sure you're friendly with them. Like as soon as they message you, if you hear that Airbnb app go off at three in the morning, you know, if you're up a little bit, just be like, absolutely. It doesn't take long to text back. Hey, okay. Thank you. Like it's not hard and they don't message you a lot either. You don't get a lot of messages on Airbnb. That's a fact. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, I ain't gonna lie. When I first started, I used to get messages like two, three in the morning. I used to answer them. 
<laughs> shout out to federico uh, i got a va now because I, I had to like now i have to put my phone on do not disturb at night because i'm like man yeah. but yeah do yeah. federico even handling it so well we, do, well we do let our guests know that like from like in specific hours you just won't get a response from us so they they know they know that they won't get a response right now so i'm still able to sleep with do not disturb mode on but yeah. Like they also know to call twice. Like if you're locked out or something, you can call twice. But our intern also, they can text us or our intern. So, and our intern, she's amazing. One night, I think she was already out. Someone got locked out at like two in the morning and she called us like, hey, I can't get the door open. It's like, girl, you what? You're at the property? I love my intern. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she's so amazing. She's so amazing. How did they end up getting in? I don't even know, but. Yeah, I need yeah. an intern, man. She's amazing. She's so how do you find amazing. a good intern? You know what's funny? She found me on the, she found me on YouTube. Oh, she wow. reached out to me. Mm. Yeah, she reached out to me. I was like, I'm taking a risk. I'm in wholesaling, but I don't want to go to college. I just finished high school, but I'm taking a risk. I've never, you know, done this before. I was wondering if, you know, if I could be your intern and learn from you. I'm like, girl, yeah. She's like, I'll do it for free. I was like, I, I won't let you do it for free. But, you know, she's amazing. See, those are the type of people you want to hire, man. Like those go-getters, that right there. Yeah. A go-getter. I like She's that. Such a, can I be honest with you too? She is the hardest working person I know. But not only that, she is the most dr- goal-driven person I have ever met in my life. Mm. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. That, that's the type of people you want on your team right there. She's amazing. Future oh. millionaire. I know. I don't know. I told her, like, don't leave me too soon. <laughs> but she's trying to teach her first Airbnb because the point of this internship was like to teach her how to host. So I'm going to be sad when she leaves, but we'll figure it out. Uh, okay. Oh, what cool. biggest money that, that Airbnbers leave on the table? Ooh. Oh, yeah. People actually was tips. Cash. We got a $40 tip the other day. Oh, you mean literally they left money on the oh, table? Oh. <laughs> 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 I mean, that's cool i like that you know yeah, keep the money on the on the yeah leave it on the nightstand like basket yeah <laughs> you mean <miss. laughs> sorry that's hilarious yeah. i'm sorry i thought you meant literally um you meant like basically money that people could be making but they're not yes that's what i mean yeah. Um, <laughs> mm, you know, we are so simple that we realize that when we try to do extra stuff in the Houston market, people don't take to it. Mm. Yeah. In Virginia, we did and we had successes with it, but not in the Houston market. Like people could care less. So I don't think people are leaving. Um, do I? Mm-mm. I don't. The only way you'd be leaving money on the table is if you're not using price labs. I have a question for y'all speaking on leaving money on the table. Somebody does this. And I was like, one of my partners, he does this. I, I was like, eh, I don't know about that. Uh, he charges them. Like he's one of those people that, uh, how would you use the word? He, uh, he nickels and dimes people, right? Like mm-hmm. if a guest wants to come check in early and I don't know if some people do this, I, I, I don't really like nickel and diamond people. Like he'll be like, yeah, you can check in early. It'll be 75 bucks. Some people pay it, but I'm like, uh, I just don't, and I don't know what his reviews are like with him doing that. Yeah. But he, yeah. he 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 nickels and dimes for everything. Like, 
if they need something, oh, we'll deliver it, but he'll like add on a little extra charge for it, which I don't know. Like, is that leaving money on the table? Or is that too much? I'm, I'm like, that's um, taking money off the table. <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally. I mean, it depends because if I have a super sweet guest and they've been like really nice to me, messaging me before they got to the property and they wanted to check in two hours early and it just happens to be clean early, I'll let them know like, hey, it's clean early. That gives you a better review. But I think you have to think about it like this. Unfortunately, although Airbnb is great, you do have to rely on your reviews. And I feel like it's not, you, the reviews are kind of, they're, they're, I don't know, it's like a reward system. I feel like it's like a, like a, a sticker system in a way. And it, it feels very elementary because there's no accountability for the guests or the hosts. So you kind of have to always think about the reviews. Now, if I have my own business, I would nickel and dime every single thing because I don't care what you put in the Google reviews. Some businesses, like some people don't care about the Google reviews, but in this business, you don't have Google reviews. You have Airbnb reviews and you had to figure out how they work. But I, I don't know. I don't, I mean, if someone leaves something, we already tell them like don't have stuff shipped and don't leave stuff because it's going to the trash. But if someone is like super nice, we'll let them know we'll ship it back to you, but it's going to be an extra $20 to ship it because like we have a team and people got to get paid. We won't tell them all that, but they're usually fine with the extra fee. Speaking of that, you, you bring up some, that is where we sometimes leave money on the table. This going to sound a little bad, but okay. So the other day I had to actually go to one of my units because some beds broke and I had to deliver the beds over there and uh, the place was just a horrible mess. Right. So I was like, dang it. Okay. So I told my cleaner, Hey, I got to get this stuff repaired. So don't worry about cleaning. But when I went in there, man, these people left all types of stuff in there, like valuable stuff. Like they left a brand new iPhone in the box. I don't know oh, what they were doing what? up in there, but hey. I'm like, what? so I'm looking like, but what I think was like, yo, does the cleaners get this stuff all the time and not tell, you know, I was like, <laughs> you, know. you know, I think so. I think so. Cause I'm not gonna lie, someone left an Apple charger and I asked him if he wanted it back and he never responded. So I kept it. So now I have two Apple chargers and they expensive. They be like yeah. $79. And Michael's got Michael's got two iPhones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow, I'm for real. Like I just be noticing. I'm like, well, dang, do they leave this stuff all the time? But I've heard like even my cleaners in Arkansas, they're like, Yeah, man, they left the whole laptop over here. I'm like. I'll reach back out. They won't say nothing. I'm like, you take it or put it in the supply closet. I got, yeah, you know, yeah. so, you know, but um, we just throw it away. You know, it's funny because I, you know, talking to people because South Padre Island is a place we love to go. You know, that's like a place that, uh, that since I was young, but I talked to people over there and, and um, people that have been hosting there before and stuff like that and have condos and, and I and I say, what happens? Because I know a lot of people, especially they go to uh, you know uh, a vacation. They're gonna go yeah. fill up the fridge with all kinds of alcohol and all this stuff, and food maybe for the week, right? They're not gonna take that with them on an airplane. So that's <laughs> like, what happens to all that stuff? He goes, well, that's they consider it. That's a tip for the cleaners. You know, the cleaners get to keep mm. all that. And they, yeah. and they and over there, you imagine like on on Party Island, they're gonna come back home with the, their probably, their family probably never got to buy beer, right? Because yeah. <laughs> they're coming back to the yeah. car with cases and stuff, man. So he just considers that no, that's that's just you know whatever the cleaners find, they can keep. That's the. Yeah. Huh. Oh, I start a cleaning company, yeah, man. I know. <laughs> yeah, to be honest, well, to be honest with you, on. Sorry, <laughs> but um, to be honest with you too, we actually tell our guests that like they have to clean out the fridge before they leave. Like they have to empty it. Mm, okay. Now, how does that, do, do, do you get any rebuttal for that? 
no. Because our, our our list is like five things long, but it's like the most important stuff. And they're so cool with doing it. Like, please leave the towels in the hamper. Why? So that when our cleaner gets there, if she has to wash, if she does, everything's in one spot. Um, make sure to leave the key here. Uh, clean out the fridge, turn off the AC. It's like tangible stuff. Um, clean out, like wash your dishes. Um, and usually they do it. When they don't, they always feel bad. And a couple of people will offer like a little extra money for the cleaning fee, although we charge a lot already, um, just because they didn't do it. Because they know, like they're told before they book, during their, their stay, and then after they're booking about the check-in list, the mandatory checkout, check, checkout checklist. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because I remember so, I was, uh, remember me and Steve had a conversation about uh, taking, telling, asking them to take out the trash. So, uh-huh. and, and I've been doing it. Yeah, it, and I haven't had really much of a rebuttal, yeah. but I have been targeting longer term stays. So they, of course, if they're there, they're, they're going to take it out anyways. Yeah. So we mm-hmm. tell them when the trash day is because we don't know when how long people are booking. We do also tell them to close their trash bags, too. But that's because I'm weird and I don't like seeing people's trash and smelling it. Like, please close your trash bag, like tie it up. We'll throw it away for you, but just tie it up, please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's like one of my like pet peeves is seeing other people's trash like when i go over people's houses i hate throwing stuff away i don't like smelling other people's trash because it always smells disgusting so i have a question for you mm-hmm. in 2022 those who are looking to either start their business or expand their business what is one piece of advice that you would give them for success find someone who you resonate with and Either do what my intern did and see if you can intern for them. I don't care how old you are, what kind of business you have. You're never too old to learn or too young to learn. Um, But like get under someone's wing because there is someone who has been through exactly what you want to go through and they will show you the way. You don't want the stresses. Mm. And it speeds up the process. Oh my gosh. Like, I know y'all can speak on it. How many coaches y'all have had that has helped you speed up the process of whatever you're doing? Facts. I spent, I made my biggest this? investment last year, man. It, it's just, I made my biggest investment in coaching last year, man. It, it really paid off. It pays off. Yeah. It does. I've made some big investments in coaching too, and they all paid off. It hurts in the beginning. Like you better work, but you always, even if, even if you pay a lot of money, cause I've been through this too, even if you pay a lot of money, and the investment doesn't go the way you wanted it to, you've learned how not to do business, how not to conduct business. And that's so important too. Mm, nice. It's so important. Hmm. And then I know people say like success doesn't happen overnight, but honestly, if you have a good coach, it can happen pretty quickly. That is a fact. Because it happened for me. So, and I had good coach. <laughs> that is a fact. <laughs> you know, this kind of relates and, and um, and we're going to have her on the show. We're going to have a, a, an accountant who's STR, you know, short-term rental Airbnb accountant, you know, that's her, her niche. And I'm like, that's pretty cool. And so anyways, um, we I did a, I did a zoom call with me and my, and my partner Federico in, in our, you know, um, Airbnb business. And, um, and we did the prices and the prices weren't too bad. You know, the, the regular one was like 500, the middle one's a thousand a month. The other one's 2000. That, that she does like a, kind of like your CFO. But anyways, um, talking to, to Federico, my partner, he's like, yeah, I mean, that's a lot of money to be spending this and that. I was like, she's going to do all the books. We don't have to do that. That's, that's, it is like, well, but then, you know, what if we do this and set up the system and this, 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 I'm like, she went to school for this shit. <laughs> 
she's yeah, gonna, like she's gonna do it way better than us yeah, man. And her 500 bucks yeah. that's like a profit on one month of one uh, management fee or, or you know half of whatever i'm like it's just uh, we gotta learn you know i don't know any rich or successful person who does their own books right that they all true. have a badass accountant right mm-hmm. i can't name one they all have you a- know what's crazy me too well I have a degree in accounting. I could easily do my own taxes. I freaking love it. I could, I really could, but I think it was better for me to outsource my bookkeeping and my accounting because it didn't make sense for me to do it. It's a lot. It takes time. And they know the stuff sometimes, like they'd be updated on the stuff that we're not, like the tax code, like uh, the tax code is like candy when you understand it. Mm. Yeah, I need I need a uh, I need a bookkeeper. I got an account. I, I need a bookkeeper. You I do? have one and yep, he does it for us. So he does it for our tour business, my coaching business, and like the Airbnbs. And he used to work for QuickBooks accounting and finance. He's amazing. And he's in the Philippines. And so, he cleaned up my books and I probably paid him a hundred times less than what I literally a hundred times less than what I would have paid someone. Oh else. yeah, you gotta send that information. I, he's amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Send and us then that info. Being an accountant, I knew what to look for. And some of the things that were on there, I'm like, okay, you actually know what you're doing. Like I know these terms, you're doing the right stuff. He's amazing. I'll send you his info. Yeah, send that to me on IG. I, I, I'll, yeah, I need that. I will. I need that. Send that to me. Well, too. Yeah. And that guy okay, for sure. <laughs> you got a team. You got a team, a whole team. That's and- another piece of advice I would give, though. Get you a VA. Get you go on onlinejobs.ph. You can find a VA. You can practice with someone three dollars an hour. Find someone who responds quickly. Because as soon as you put out an ad on online jobs at ph you'll get hundreds of responses in minutes talk to people who are t- respond to every single person and see who responds to you the quickest after three or four times hire that person and learn how to delegate if you can learn how to delegate in the beginning and look at the other person and say okay how can you make me money you like uh, it'll help you just grow your business mm. that's, that's yeah that, that's that's the level yeah me and my partner at. he just to, to him he just sees it like man you know we're, we're letting go of money no no we're investing in people that's going to bring us yeah. more money yeah yeah. yeah so that's where we're at right now yeah man this has been a great episode you've dropped some serious knowledge on us and for our fans and um we're glad that we hit re- the record button this time right Micah? We hit the i know this is good oh man so so where can folks find you again Follow me on Instagram at Coach for the Host, C O A C H F O R P H E H O S T. I'm there all the time. You're really not going to find me anywhere else. You might find me on YouTube, maybe in a couple of months, probably not. But Instagram is where I'm at all the time. And my nice. Facebook group, if you purchase my courses or I'm your coach. Ah. <laughs> <I'm there. laughs> what, what's your Facebook group? Uh, well, they're only their private access. Oh, okay. So, yeah. when, okay. Yeah. yeah, find find her on IG and then you know join her groups. There you go. Yeah. Sweet. I promise, this is, I promise you, this is gonna be one of the highest viewed videos. We're gonna we gonna it's gonna be a viewed video. It's gonna be a good one. Okay. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's drop it. Let's make sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, cool. Well, thank you for hopping on. Micah, uh, it's been great getting together with you and interviewing someone so awesome, so badass. And um, yeah, you're welcome back anytime. First episode of 2022. Let's go. (gasps) 
Really? Yeah. Oh, thank one. you. I love that. <laughs> Starting off the year with a bang. There we go. There we go. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, thank you for coming on again here. It's been an awesome pleasure interviewing you. And this time we pushed the record button. So we got we will be up live next Wednesday, 12 noon. Okay. I'll be watching. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bye later all right that was another great episode with kier castleberry i think that's our fourth third or fourth time i forgot to push the record button that's my fault but yeah that was that was a really great episode i definitely need to start outsourcing some things myself so uh yeah i got all the systems in place but i just need somebody to take over the system so yeah definitely mm. that was a good episode sops standard we, 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 yeah we interviewed a we interviewed a filipino a girl yes last night actually mm-hmm. and um and she started dropping that sop saying oh yeah I just you know follow your sops and i can do this and i was like wow she dropped that term and i was like i like that <laughs> I, I i and and i finally convinced fed i was like okay you're going crazy with this you know you're trying to do everything now you, you're you don't work for american anymore so that's you can focus on this that's great but you still don't want to work 24 hours a day on this right it's it's yeah it's getting so big and um so i said let's get it let's get a va that kicks some ass and then and um i don't know i'm finally i'm finally convinced to do so so we're gonna bring bring on board some really um really talented people we might have to pay a couple bucks more but it's worth it right worth it's you worth get your time more. back man Invest time is more important than anything right facts and go uh, give me another va for my other units because fetty's taking care of the other ones you're right yeah yeah I'm so man yeah learn the the year of the outsource 2022 the year of the outsource and uh we're getting our first multifamily. Uh, yeah do what did they say I, I'm, I'm dropping the oh, offer okay. tomorrow morning I, I don't think dude's got no offers man i guess we i don't know we ain't i guess we can talk about it on the show real quick but yeah uh the dude i don't think he has no offers so basically me and steve this dude i think the last episode steve said hey i want to buy an apartment complex and I was like, after the show, I text him I'm like, hey, man, you serious? Because I, I get apartment complexes all the time. It's just I pass them up because I'm doing the birds. But I was like, if I'm partnered, I can do the birds and the apartment complex. So we ended up finding one, like an 11-unit deal. He's asking for about 500000 but I ran uh, Brandon's numbers on it. Because Brandon basically says, if you buy a multifamily, it has to fit the 50% rule, meaning after you, um, everything that comes in, you take 50% of that, and that should be able to pay the mortgage. That we wasn't fitting those numbers, so then we're gonna put a different offer in of two seventy five. And I think we, sh- I don't know if he's gonna bite because we going damn near half <laughs> of what he wants, but we, we're gonna see. But it's a smaller town; they are under they're they're charging like two hundred dollars less than the average rent on each of the units. And I only seen one person was moving out this year in August. So, but if we get it at two seventy five, man, we bank it. So, man, yeah. Man. yeah. That would be great. That'd be a good starter. We'd learn a lot from that one, I'm sure. Yeah, we might have to call that one the LLT apartment or something. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> the LLT shack. Yeah, LLT man. Shack. <laughs> <laughs> For sure, man. But yeah, we'll, we'll we'll keep you guys updated in the loop on that one if it goes through. Oh man, big things, big things this year. Yes, sir. Oh yeah, and thank y'all for continuing to listen. And uh, yeah, send us an email, live that thrive at gmail.com and follow us on IG. We are always live on there and not live, but always on there active. So yeah, thank y'all for continuing to listen. LLT. We are out. Later. Peace.
Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Live, Let, Thrive. Be sure to tune in next week for all the latest in the world of Airbnb and all that entails. Bye-bye.